Isaiah 55 today. And we'll start at verse 6. I'll read, we'll have a little read. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We're going to go deep. Is that okay? Can we go deep? Isaiah 55, verse 6, we'll start there. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Seek the Lord while he may be found. As believers, we're called to know the times and seasons. Yes? Yes or no? We're called to know the times and seasons. Um, And in case you've been hiding under a rock, (laughs) the Lord is moving on the earth. Amen? Right? When God's moving, it's important that we take notice and do what he's doing. Yes? Amen? All right? And at the moment, the Lord, he's searching the earth, looking for those whose hearts are fully his. Yes? Right? He's searching, he's searching. He's looking for those that are willing to partner with him. But even before that, he's looking for people who will respond to him. He's looking for hearts that will respond, right? He's, he's looking for hearts that will, you know, when he's like, hey, I want to do this, hearts that will, will see and hear and say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do that. I'm going to respond to what you're doing. David, in Psalm 27, verse 8, he said, this is David, he's speaking, you have said, seek my face. That was the instruction of the Lord, seek my face. What was David's heart response? My heart says to you, your face I will seek. Right? David showed us how to do it. God says this, I say sure. I'm going to respond. Right? That's how we need to be. That's the heart posture that we need to have in this season. And I feel like um, Psalm, uh, sorry, Isaiah 55, it gives us a little bit of an instruction manual on how to have that, that posture, all right? So verse 7 says this, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon 
we would normally probably, if you're anything like me, you'd read that and be like, oh, it's talking about the wicked people. I'm not wicked. Is anyone in this room in the wicked camp? No. Okay. So I would be like, that doesn't apply. Keep reading. And the Lord's like, hang on. Come back. There's, if we dig a little deeper, everyone say, dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper. Sometimes you've just got to dig a little deeper. <laughs> if we look at the word wicked in the original language, it's rasa. Okay, and this is what it means. Guilty of crime. Are we good there? Has anyone committed a crime this week? Might have sped. Might have sped. That's it. Yeah, uh, I've definitely sped. Okay, I wasn't expecting to have crimes today. <laughs> All right, we've got some crimes. So we need to deal. <laughs> this crime equals wickedness. Okay, right. Okay, next one. Hostile to God. Okay, now this is talking about a heart thing. And I feel like if we're really honest with ourselves, there can be times in our life where we're hostile toward the Lord for whatever reason. And, and you know, the way that seems right to a man would justify that reason why you're, why you're hostile toward the Lord. But when we're hostile toward the Lord, we put our hearts up, uh, put our hearts up, we put our walls up around our heart and we take a little step back from the Lord, right? There's, there's a trillion reasons why you might do this. I've had a trillion reasons in my life, you know, justifiable things that, that could make me that could, you know, in the world's eyes, could justify me being hostile towards the Lord. My, like, for example, my first baby was stillborn, right? Now, as a brand new Christian, that could be something that I would be like, well, God doesn't care about me. Why am I holding this dead little baby in my hand, my first baby, you know, host, you know, I didn't get hostile toward the Lord, praise the Lord, because I had a good mother who was like, this isn't God, Naomi, don't you dare go down that track. This is not the Lord's working in your life, right? You mums, you keep preaching, you keep praying, come on. I could have got real hostile, but I didn't. I've got more babies in heaven than I've got on earth. I could, I've got reason to be hostile toward God, right? Yes, I've had, I've had people, I've had Christians backbite and stab me and all of those things. Reason to be hostile, right? That's what we'd say. You know, what's it for you? Are there walls up? Do you have your walls up? Is there a reason why you might be hostile toward the Lord? 
You know, perhaps it might be disappointment for whatever reason. The question that we need to just ask ourselves is, God, am I hostile toward you? Write it down. God, am I hostile toward you? You know, sometimes we're hostile toward, toward the Lord because we're believing the wrong things about him. Because of the belief that we have, we're, we're believing lies. And we become hostile to the Lord because we're holding on to this thing. So the question that you're going to ask the Lord is, Lord, am I hostile towards you? That's the first one. The second one is, Lord, please show me how and why I'm hostile towards you. These are important conversations to have with the Lord because hostility equals wickedness, right? And that's going to prevent you from seeking the face of the Lord. Nice, nice heavy word for Mother's Day. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I was like, I was... <laughs> I have to hear this first, right? I'm sitting there this morning saying, God, what do you want to say? <laughs> and I was expecting a lovely la, la, la. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is heavy. <laughs> let's, let's get rid of the walls that we put in our heart. And if you've got any hostility, right, what do you do? You go to the Father and you say, God, I'm going to surrender whatever this is. I'm going to surrender this hurt. I'm going to surrender this unbelief. I'm going to surrender this wrong theology that I've held about you. I might not still understand what, what the truth might be, but this is wrong, I know, because it's making me hostile towards you, right? I'm going to surrender my disappointment. And then you sit with him until he ministers to your heart because he's a good father, right? <clears throat> All right. So wicked equals rasa, which equals guilty of crime. Our speeders are going to have a word with the Lord this week <laughs> about their wickedness. <laughs> um. We're going to have a word to the Lord about any hostility that we might have in our heart. The third one is guilty of sin. Rasa means guilty of sin. Now, what sin? We have to ask ourselves, well, then what sin? That's the, the word hamatia, and it means miss the mark, to wander from the path of righteousness or a violation of the divine law in thought or act. So it's not just what you do, it's what's going on up here as well that matters. All right? Now, if you're a believer, what's the, what's the good news of salvation? Jesus came to set you free from sin. Romans 6, right? Okay, he didn't leave you in your sinful condition and he set you free from the power of sin 
and he's given you his righteousness and you're invited to walk in newness of life, free from sin. But you still have the ability to partner with sin. But just remember where it is. It's not in you anymore. It's outside. Sin is what? Crouching at your door, seeking whom it may devour. Genesis 4-7. What is that actual scripture? Sin is crouching at your door, seeking who it may devour, but you must rule over it. That's what it says, something like that. Right? So sin still, sin still wants, wants a piece of you, but you get to choose now. Are you going to partner with it or not? What's... What's the actual divine law now that we're in the new covenant? Matthew 22, Jesus said this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And then what? Love your neighbor as yourself. So the law of the Lord is what? Love. It's love God, love others. You do those two things, you'll be walking free from sin, right? You'll be keeping the whole law. Love God, love others. The goal of our instruction is love, which issues from a pure heart and a clean conscience. 1 Timothy 1.5. That's what we're called to. Love God, love others. So we just need to ask the Lord, how are we going in the love department? How are we going? And there's, there's no condemnation, but let's see it for what it is. When we partner with these things, it stops us from seeking his face. It says, let the wicked forsake his way. Forsake means leave behind, abandon, neglect, depart from, let go, be free. So that's what we're going to do with the walls that we put up with the hostility and with the sin and with the criminal activity too. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> right. Let the wicked forsake his way and let the unrighteous man his thoughts. What you think about matters. And as a believer, you're a righteous man or woman. Praise God, hallelujah, you've been made right with God. But again, you can still partner with thoughts that are not from God. And it will produce 
ungodly things in your life. What you think about, you become. That's how it works. What you think about is what you become. David's heart posture was, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. And Paul, what does he say? Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to what? To this world, but be transformed by what? How do we get transformed? By the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Martin Niles, he has a quote um, that I quite appreciated. He was talking to a bunch of uni students at the time, and this is what he said. You are marinating in anti-Christian sewage every day. The way this world thinks, the way the entertainment and the media will shape your mind it really is opposed to the things of God. And you really need to have an influence that overwhelms all of that. If you're not intentionally thinking about what you think about, thinking about what you feed on, thinking about what you give yourself to, the world will determine very quickly what's inside your brain. And that will very quickly affect your life in a negative way. You will not be walking like Jesus, I can guarantee you. What you think about matters. What you give yourself to matters. Renewal means, okay, Greek word here, anachinosis which means renovation, complete change for the better, right? That's cool, isn't it? We need a complete renovation of the way we think. It's a good word. How do we do that? Be washed in the word. Be washed in the word. Be washed in the word. What else? Talk to the Lord. Be with the Lord. Two-way conversation. Prayer. Right? Talk to him. Ask him. Ask him questions. It's amazing when you start asking God questions, what, what he'll tell you. If, if you feel like prayer is boring and dry, start asking him some questions. And he'll start talking to you. And then you'll start talking back to him about the things that he's talking to you about. And before you know it, two, two hours have gone, right? And then your mind's been filled with things from above, not the things of this world. That's a good way to live. Praise God. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. We're not getting very far, are we? 
<laughs> for verse 8, for my thoughts, is that right? Have I skipped a bit? Ah, oh, I, did, I did skip a bit. Let the wicked forsake his way let, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Again, there is no condemnation. If, you're, if the Lord exposes things in your life, it's, it's to make you free so that you can enjoy him again. <laughs> enjoy him more than you were before, right? He's a good father. He's not going to be there with a big stick being like, rah, rah, rah. He's like, I'm so glad you finally come to me. I'm so glad you want to lay that down. Let me help you. And then let's go on from glory to glory, right? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you we can enter into a relationship with, with the Lord with the one who created the world through your blood. Hallelujah. It is good news. Okay, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Someone say, praise God. Isn't that good news? When you start freaking out about the world... And the mess that we've got it in, remember, the Lord's ways are not our ways. There's a higher reality. There's a higher way, right? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Proverbs 16.25, it says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Oh. There's a way that seems right to, man, to a man, but its end is the way of death. We... Thank you, Lord, for your words. There's a, there's a higher way to do everything. And, and we need to start orientating our heart and start leaning in and asking the question, God, what is your way? What is your way for, for our church? What is your way? What is your way for my family? What is your way for the way that I parent? What is your way for education? What is your way for our city? Moses in Exodus We've been camped out a bit in Exodus 33 this year. But as part of it, in verse 13, you know, he's having this huge dialogue with God saying, God, 
I don't want to go if you're not going with us. So don't take your presence away. And then in verse 13, he says, Show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. You would think of all the people in the Bible, Moses would know the ways of God. Like he'd just seen the Lord deliver the people of Israel, right? He'd saw the hand of God, but then he, like there, he's seeking God's heart. He's like, I don't want to know you, like your hand's great, but I want to know your heart. I want to know your ways. I want to know not just what you're doing, but why you're doing it. I want to understand you. I want to be your friend, not just this acquaintance that sees you doing all this stuff. I want to know your ways. You know, that's what the Lord's looking for on the earth. He's looking for those who will be his friends and know his ways. And you're only going to know his ways if you're seeking his face. And you're only going to be seeking his face if you got rid of the wickedness. <laughs> right? You know, the Lord is, is looking and searching the earth for those with a heart posture that's saying, your way, Lord, your way. I don't care what the way is that seems right to a man. I don't care how they've been doing it for the last 50 years or 100 years or whatever it is. I want your way. And in fact, for the last few weeks, I've been hearing this phrase going through my spirit. It's the Holy Spirit and it's your way, Yahweh. Your way, Yahweh. Your way, Yahweh. You know, Yahweh is the personal name of God. It's the personal name of God. And the Jewish people considered the personal name of God so holy that it should never be spoken aloud. Like that's how sacred they consider that name of the Lord. And the Lord introduced himself in this way to Moses at the burning bush. So the Lord called Moses. He said, go and deliver my people, right? And there was that whole interaction. And then Moses is like, God, if I go to these people, who should I say that you, who should I say sent me? Can you imagine Moses? Hi, I'm Moses. I'm here to, self-appointed to deliver you, right? It's a valid question, really valid. And the Lord says, tell them I am sent you. Tell them I am sent you. Little side note, isn't it cool that when Jesus comes, he's like, I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Oh, oh there's a whole other message there. We're just going to put a pin in that. 
you know, that's a, that's pointing to Jesus right there. There's Jesus in the Old Testament, guys. Look for him right there. Circle it. Exodus 33. No, Exodus 6. What did I say? I've lost it. No, ex- yes, thank you. Exodus 3. There's Jesus. So anyway, getting off track. Back. Get back on track, Naomi. Moses said, who should I say has sent me? The Lord says, tell them I am has sent you. And then, he, and then the Lord says, tell them Yahweh. Tell them Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and of Jacob has sent me to you. Right at the beginning, right at the beginning, the Lord's like, I'm a personal God and I want relationship with you. So I'm going to give you my personal name. Here's my phone number. Right? Right at the beginning. So when we cry out to him, your way, Yahweh, We're saying, I will set my heart to seek you and know you personally. I'm going to set my heart to be your friend. I will do the things that you're, I'm going to do things your way. I will love what you love and I will hate what you hate. I will do what you do. I will say what you say. Your way. Your way, Yahweh. Your way, Yahweh. Come on. Your way, Yahweh. You know, what's the Lord doing right now? He, like he's, he's actually doing so much. It's very, it's very cool to watch. Normally... Um, on a on a Tuesday morning, uh, not a Tuesday morning, every morning of the week, I will get up early, I'll spend time with the Lord, I'll read the Word and I'll pray and I'll listen and have a conversation and just spend time in His presence before the day starts. But what's the Lord doing right now? He's, he's asking us to pray for Israel And he's asking us to pray specifically for our church and for our city. That that's like that's like my sacred time right there. I'm like, oh that's really hard for me, Lord. But it's like your way, Yahweh. Your way. Your way. So I'm gonna be here. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to listen and I'm going to learn your heart for your people because I'm ignorant, right? I'm going to learn your heart and I'm going to listen to what you're praying and I'm going to partner with you and pray that. And I'm going to listen to your heart for this church family, this community. Because I might have lots of ideas and lots of things that seem right to a man, but I want your way for this place. 
you know, the timing of God is impeccable. The day we take over, the day before is the first day of that prayer, of the fasting and prayer. So for the 21 days since we've taken over this property, there's prayer for two hours every day for 21 days. You know, I've got lots of things to say about what's happening in the city and what I think should happen. (laughs) Your way, Yahweh. (laughs) There's lots of things I could be praying. I want to be praying his heart and what he's praying. You know, it all starts in prayer, guys. That's where it starts. If we're going to see revival in a city, it starts in prayer. I've had the privilege of just being a being a spectator to the Lord discipling my son. What's the Lord telling him to do? Praying, he's like pray for pray for every single person in his grade. That's what the Lord's told him to do. So every day he's written every kid in his grade in his journal, and he prays over every single kid. Not just like, I pray for Billy, I pray for Emily, I pray for, no. He's like listening to the Lord and praying what the Lord's. I didn't teach him to do that. That's the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit tells him to go to school early and prayer walk the oval, this is a 17, I'm not, I'm not saying this to embarrass him, but I'm like, what is the Lord doing? If you've got ears to hear, he will instruct you on what he needs to do. And the Lord's saying, who's got ears to hear? And who's actually got a heart that will obey? Who's actually going to do it? Who's going to lay down their stuff? The Lord is going to move, Isaiah, because you're being obedient. And the, oh, I'm just going to pray for you. (laughs) I feel like the Lord is saying, I've waited for someone in this city of your age who will do what I say and will do things my way. Oh, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And we pray that you pour out your spirit on Isaiah and in that school. Thank you, Father. I pray that they'd see salvations, healings, signs and wonders. I pray that many will come to know you through him, through his obedience. Thank you, Father. Ho. Thank you, Lord. May your spirit move. May your spirit move. We just bless what you're doing. We bless what you're doing. And we say more, Lord, more, Lord, more, Lord. Oh.